This is a Locker Room Production. Hello, 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 and welcome. This is Talk the Plank, episode 19 of Pittsburgh Pirates podcast on SB Nation's Bucks Dugout. How is everyone doing today? I'm Nathan Hirsch, and I'm here today with Jake Slobodnik. Jake, how's it going tonight? It's going all right, man. How about you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, We're probably doing better than the Pirates. Two losses in two games in this very short series. Uh, Yesterday, they lost 7-3 in a pretty... Easy win for the Royals, and tonight, after getting out to a 4-1 to lead, Will Crow just uh, fell apart after three strong innings, fell apart, and uh, ended up giving up eight earned runs, including a grand slam to Andrew Benintendi. Tough, tough, uh, tough outing for Will Crow, eh? Yeah, um, that was just abysmal. Like I, I have no other words to say other than just awful. Like it's so sad because day in and day out, it seems like Will Crow makes us look like losers for the Josh Bell trade. Like that, it's it's so sad because I can see the potential in this guy, but he just gets hit around every single time, extends his pitch count every single game. There's just no winning for Will Crow. Seriously. Yeah, he is 0-4 on the season, which is sad. I will say, though, uh, I do think that Crow was more of a throw-in to the Josh Bell trade. I feel like Eddie Yeen will end up being the real make-or-break piece in that deal for the Pirates. The I believe he was 19 when they traded for him, but um, he might be 19, might be 20 now. But he's in the lower minors, so we'll see what eventually happens with him. But yeah, with Crow, I mean... You know, you look at his stuff. I tweeted early in the game that his fastball looked good. It has a nice spin rate. To me, it looked heavy. Um, and in those first three innings, I mean, he looked pretty nice. Gave up that first inning run, but he, it looked like he was starting to settle in. And like you said, it's sad. He hasn't gotten that first win yet. And he had a real opportunity to get that first win tonight. The Pirates supplied him with a nice little four to one lead but uh in the bottom of the fourth things started to get a little janky for him he gave up a two-run homer to Salvador Perez you thought okay it's four to three there's still we still have the lead um he got out of that inning and then in the fifth I mean the wheels just fell off he couldn't record an out and he gave up five runs including that moonshot to uh Andrew Benintendi and from there on out I mean it was eight to four at that point (laughs) it's not going to be many games where the Pirates score eight runs you knew it was pretty much over and it is it it does suck because anytime you get five runs from this Pirates offense you uh you hope that the pitching can come through and get a win but that was not the case the pitching was bad as we said uh Crow gave up eight earned Chase and Shreve gave up a home run to Perez as well for his second of the night. And then in the ninth, David Bednar gave up an earned run as well, which it was garbage time at that point. No harm, no foul there. But, yeah, I mean, the offense looked pretty decent, even if, I mean, it is it is still sad. They uh, they scratch and claw these runs out in the uh, 
they make it as hard as possible with these sack flies, two sack flies in the third inning. But uh, five runs is five runs, and on most nights that should be enough to win the game. But that was not enough to – that was only half the runs that Kansas City scored in this one. Yeah, and, I mean, you said it perfectly. When your offense delivers, your pitching has to come through. But, I mean, we're no strangers to how the pitching staff is for the Pirates this season. It uh, Again, it just goes back to the whole commonality of, you know, when the offense is hot, the pitching isn't. Or when the pitching's hot, the offense isn't. It's just that it, it seems to be like an uncanny curse that's around us is whenever we get one side of the engine running, the other just seems to falter. I, I just it, It's just baffling, and it's sad because we supplied the hits. Michael Perez actually did pretty well tonight offensively. Wilmer Defoe also did as well. Adam Frazier had two doubles, plenty of RBIs for him. Uh, it's just unfortunate that, you know, Will Crow just fell apart. I don't really discredit Shreve or Bednar for their efforts out there. I mean, you're going to give up a run here and there, and the fact they only were limited to one per each. Uh, so, I mean, I have no qualms against them. It's just Will Crow, dude. He's every single start he has, he starts off strong, but once it's, it seems to be that one trip through the lineup, that first trip, then you go through that second motion, and then all of a sudden, this is when the other team starts to light up. It, it, it doesn't make any sense at all, but. Unfortunately, that's just how the things that's just how things have been for the Pirates. But there were some bright spots, as I mentioned, those uh, key hitters. The relief pitching did its job. Um, if only Will Crow just did his job a little bit better, I think we'd be telling a whole different story. For sure. Yeah, you look at it. I mean, two scoreless from Chris Stratton. That's nice. Uh, you look at these ERAs in the bullpen of who pitched tonight. They're all in the threes. And in Sam Howard's case, he only threw... Uh, a third of an inning. He is at 289. So the bullpen is still pretty nice. And yeah, like you said, I mean, the Pirates got multi hit games from Defoe. Kevin Newman had two hits. Perez, Adam Frazier, two hits each. Whenever the Pirates, I mean, they got 10 hits today. When they're giving you that on the very rare occasions that they do, it's tough whenever uh, you only squeeze out half the runs as the other team does. Um, I should say in this game, Kai Tom got the start, and it looks as though uh, in that third inning when the Pirates did uh, scratch together three runs, he was hit by a pitch. It looked like he got hit in the hand. We'll see how serious of an injury that might be. If it is serious, if he does go on the IL, um, that would suck, obviously, but it would make the roster decision pretty easy for the Pirates because Brian Hayes, thank God, will be returning Thursday. He'll be coming off the IL and uh, getting his job there back at third base. So we'll see what happens. Maybe Kai Tom, it's just day-to-day, and he stays on the roster, and the Pirates have to make a decision. But if he goes on the IL, I mean – That'll just that'll just kind of clean up real nicely for the roster move to bring back Hayes. But let's just say that uh, let's say that Tom doesn't have to go on the IL. Who who would you send down for uh, Hayes come come Thursday? Underwood, without question, dude can eat innings, but he he is just an absolute menace when it comes to giving up runs. Um, and I think our pitching staff's pretty deep. Our bench is really suffering, so. Um, if he's healthy, I say the first person we down we move down in a corresponding move is Dwayne Underwood. I feel like we have people who can eat up innings other than him. 
and those other pitchers in the bullpen can give up fewer runs than him. So Underwood gets my vote, if not maybe a DFA candidate. I'm not a fan of Dwayne Underwood anymore. To me, I think he's just – I don't think that he is as good as we thought he was going to be, which is you know not without reason. I mean, he gave us a good show in spring training and then throughout the early parts of the season, but now he just looks like – uh, he just looks like a waste of a move. Thankfully, we only traded him for cash considerations, but I, I, he would be the first person on my on my chopping block to send down, and that's over Cole Tucker. That's over the other the, the others struggling on offense. I I just don't. I'm I'm not a fan of Underwood anymore. So he gets my. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, he has really struggled here lately, uh, of course, and the Pirates do have. I mean. Let me see here. It's five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. They have like fourteen pitchers on the roster right now. So the, I mean, I think they do want to keep the fourteen. I end up like I, I, I think that Tom that looked like a nasty pitch that caught him on the wrist. Unfortunately, I do feel like uh, he will be put on the IL. That's just my gut reaction. Obviously, I've said this. I've said this a few times on the podcast. I'm not a doctor, but. That looked pretty nasty, but I mean, I don't know if it's not him. I would guess. I'm not exactly sure how many options, if any, Cole Tucker has left, but maybe Will Craig would get sent down. But I mean, I don't know. I just think it's going to end up being Tom on the on the IL, which sucks because he just got back. And uh, the Pirates have a few of these guys that they can't really send down unless they get DFA'd. Tom is one of them. He was a Rule 5 guy, as uh, as is, say, Luis Oviedo, also a Rule 5 guy that it seems like at this point he pitches once every 10 day- games and uh, hasn't been real great. But we'll see what happens. Just I'm, I'm, I'm just very happy, and I'm very excited that the Pirates are finally getting back the, uh, the bright spot on this team, Key Brian Hayes. I don't expect him to hit 376, and uh, I don't I don't know, but he, I mean, you just you put him in there, you slot him in the two hole. You got Frazier, Hayes, Reynolds. That's a real top three, and then after that, it's not a lot, but at least that top three. That is a major league top three in your batting order, and I cannot wait to see it. Yeah, we need that morale boost, especially after the proverbial dick kick we got tonight with the interference call we completely overlooked that when recapping this game but oh yeah no we can talk about that if you want that was just pathetic but yeah just highlighting Hayes, his presence in the lineup is just going to bring up it's, it's going to bring a world of a difference like I, I mean this kid is like the next thing next big thing for the pirates and once he's back in the lineup i uh, wish he was in it a little bit sooner but um unfortunately the injury prevailed but nonetheless he's coming back I think you stick him in there. Like you said, it clearly creates a nice top of the lineup, something that Shelton's had to experiment with lately. So I think when you get Hayes back in there, that definitely provides a little bit of padding. But um, yeah, that call, dude, like <laughs> that could not go overlooked. Like Dan Bellino, I normally never hear his name uh, when he's umpiring on the opposite end of, say, you know, the verbal uh, lashing. But you can't seriously tell me that that was interference. Reynolds was backing out of the play to allow Perez to get in there to complete a play. And yet Bellino called it interference. Like this whole thing with the MLB umpires, it is just out of line. 
and and I am one to advocate for human error of umpires because I'm an umpire myself. I umpire little league baseball and softball. So I know what it's like to be put in that situation, but there are just situations like there was tonight where you need to be held accountable for your actions and Bellino needs to be held accountable tonight and figures he's part of Joe West's crew. I don't care how, how many games Joe West has done. He is an absolute cancer when it comes to umpiring. It's either him at the center of the attention or it's his crew. I, I just don't understand the call tonight. There was no need for interference. It just shows once again, the pirates are our cursed organization. Yeah, it was, it was terrible. Let me just set the stage here a little bit. Basically top of the sixth inning, the pirates were down eight to five at that point. And Brian Reynolds was up with two outs and the bases were loaded. And it was a two, two pitch. I believe that, uh, Slider under the hands, Brian Reynolds checks swing, gets past the catcher, and on the field, yes, clearly, the call was interference, but like it's crazy because I'm looking at it, I'm looking at the play-by-play log here on ESPN, and MLB at bat had this at well as well. They said Reynolds struck out swinging. It's almost as if the MLB, MLB, they just covered up the call and said, no, yeah, he just struck out swinging. That wasn't an interference call. It was clearly on the field called interference. Like, like we said, like the ump said interference on the mic, you could hear it. And, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. And then that, yeah, that basically, uh, that put an end to any comeback attempt that the pirates may have had, because if that's not called interference and it's not, strike three then the pirates get another run it's a three two count with runners on second and third it's an eight six game at that point perhaps reynolds comes comes through ties the game up but unfortunately we did not get to uh see that chance and the inning was ended basically after that i mean the the offense went silent and uh that was pretty much it but yeah just a tough tough sequence there for the pirates and it the word to use for it most definitely is just it was just typical just typical yeah and this makes you question like what exactly is considered interference is it when you have to make direct contact with the player that's either trying to make the out or trying to tag the um, incoming runner because if that's the case Reynolds really didn't do that he was backing up Perez had an open lane to the plate but instead, he chose to sidestep and then tag Reynolds with his glove. See, this is what I don't get the most. He tagged Reynolds with his glove. So it looked like almost he was trying to draw that interference call. Like almost just it, – it's almost as blatant as a LeBron flop. Like there was just no covering that up. I think uh, they thought that Reynolds struck out and he was just tagging him to end the inning. Like I – No, I, they – they, um, Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no. So you're going to say – I was just going to say that – um. I thought Perez thought that Reynolds struck out, and uh, but then yeah, like the ump called interference on it, which I mean, it was just a confusing play, another confusing play for the Pirates. Yeah, and if say Perez was trying to tag Reynolds, which could have easily been the case, because I don't think, well, well, yeah, two there's two outs, pass ball, yeah, that's then first base is open game, so Reynolds has to run, um, but I don't think he knew if he swung or not. So Perez may have been tagging him, which then in that, you know, in that turn, uh, Bellino thought that he was in his way 
which really doesn't make any sense. Again, just going to the whole fact of like what is considered interference nowadays. Um, but I think that Perez could have probably addressed it a little bit better or, I mean, Reynolds could have ran easily because I think that would have been an easier play to make, but nonetheless, that should not have been an interference call whatsoever just because Reynolds did not, you know, there was no intent to get in Perez's way to try and make the play. Um, Or, or Bellino just needs a new set of glasses because he may have thought that um, Perez sidestepped and was blocked by Reynolds. I personally don't think he was, but that could have been his excuse. And I'm going to say that is it's probably his excuse um, to call interference. But yeah, that was just an unbelievable call. I think if he would have just, you know, let him, you know, just tag Reynolds out, that would have saved a whole lot of headache and probably would have made things a lot smoother. But no, just like the normal days of MLB umpires, everything's got to be complicated nowadays. There is no simplicity with this game. And with all the podcasts I've been on, and I, I have just been absolutely lashing and tearing apart the MLB Umpires Association. If you look at my tweets, I at MLB UA a lot. And it's just <laughs> because I, I try to hold them accountable because they those higher ups surely, sure as fuck aren't doing it. They aren't holding their umpires accountable. It's almost like they're sitting with their tail tucked between their legs, stogie in hand, and just saying, you know what, let the game run loose for all I care. And especially with Joe West's crew, it seems like they get more leniency to do whatever they want. I'm just so thankful that Angel Hernandez is not part of that, is not part of his crew, because then that's pretty much the Pandora's box of absolute hell in MLB. Um, But just for me, like it's, the, the the MLB UA has to do better with holding their umpires accountable because really they run the game and they are the absolute If you ask me, they are the front porch of the game. They are the first thing that a lot of people look at is how well is this game managed? Yeah, yeah, you can look at the on-field product by both teams, but the MLB umpires, they are the ones that control everything, basically. And, you know, one wrong call, obviously everybody's going to say that, oh, they're favoring one team over the other. But in terms like this, it just makes umpires look absolutely brainless. And I don't blame people who say that. I do believe that there are umpires out there. It's pretty sad. I go to Altoona Curve games all the time. They they hire the the young bucks to go out there and umpire. I rarely see any fuss, any bullshit coming from those games. But yeah, you go to the MLB and there's a controversy every single game. I I just don't understand how it works. I don't understand why the old fox are still there and you know making this game and they're ruining this game. Whereas all the good umpires are stuck in the minors. It it just makes no sense. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a case where I feel like once an umpire gets to the major leagues and they enter, you know, the the umpires union, it's basically like they're protected and it's kind of a cushy job to get. And once you get it, you can get comfortable and you're not really held that accountable that often. So I definitely I definitely can see that. I mean, I I think uh, officiating in every sport at this point. I mean, the NFL is pretty decent. The NBA, it's it's rough at times. But, yeah, it just seems like any time there's a judgment call that's uh, not reviewable with, with some of these umps, it's just – it is rough a lot of the times. And this interference call tonight, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter that much. But it, it is it's, – it's tough to – 
deal with that in the moment. And I do not blame, uh, I, I think Shelton was actually ejected at that point already. Um, but I mean, cause he was, he was griping with the umps earlier, but yeah, I mean, it's, it is, it is a shame. And at the same time, I feel like these umps, they kind of, uh, they kind of see that things are going to be changing real soon. I mean, we're going to, the robot umps for the balls and strikes is on the horizon. And I mean, it, it it's, it's definitely an interesting uh, aspect to see. It's interesting to see how much these umps really care. I mean, from here on out, I mean, I, I know they want to do a good job. Like, like you said, I mean, there's, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of missed calls and that call tonight was definitely pretty uh pretty egregious if you ask me yeah it's i sigh with such anger and disappointment behind it just because of the whole you know these are the guys like i mentioned before these are the guys that control the game and they are single-handedly ruining it and i while I used to be a believer that the robot umps were just a thing of the beyond future, but beyond our time, they're going to be, you know, they're going to be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They're going to be prioritized first when it, you know, in the near future, just because of how bad things have gotten strike zones have been becoming piss poor plays like this are getting missed. Like, I don't know. I don't blame Shelton for getting tossed. It's about time. He shows some more, defense for his players um thank god we don't have a tony larusa in our dugout um but um yeah something's got to change i i don't know what hopefully this is a catalyst for the pirates for them to at least try and do better because they can't rely on a rally every single game so i hope they see tonight and look at the missed call the missed opportunities the shit performance on the mound by will crow and they learn from it and they walk with it. They don't, you know, they don't let it pass over them. So I'm going to look at this and say, when Key Brian Hayes is back and in the coming weeks when Moran and Evans are back, I think you're going to see a brand new Pirates team. May not be, you know, as good of a team as we want them to be, but it's definitely going to be better than this. So with all things considered, I'm just going to leave off on, Expect better things to come. This is just the muck right now that we have to run through, unfortunately. But it'll get better. I, and this is coming from me, probably the most cynical Pirates fan you'll ever meet. I, I, I will say I think there are better things to come. Oh, I agree 100%. Especially, like you said, they'll get Hayes back, they'll get Moran back. The big difference in this game, that call aside, was, I mean, the, the biggest thing is the Royals scored what, six runs or seven runs on three swings. They hit three home runs. The Pirates did not hit any home runs. The Pirates scratch and claw. They put their blood, sweat, and tears into scoring three runs in an inning, and it's it's a huge victory for them. But at the end of the day, I mean, when the other team is blasting balls over the fence, scoring four runs at a time, two runs at a time, Perez's second home run was a solo shot. But, I mean, quick offense, it just – it ends the game for you. And when you can't supply said quick offense, then then you're you're done for. And hopefully, like we said, Hayes comes back, provides a little pop. We get Evans back. Evans, the stats don't look great, but uh, metrics-wise, under the hood a little bit, he's still hitting the ball hard. So 
I, I'm uh, still an Evans believer. And then Moran, obviously, he was hitting really well before he got hurt. So getting him back will be a huge shot in the arm as well. Um, I want to talk about the first game a little bit. Chad Cole's return. Uh, the Pirates obviously lost that game as well, seven to three. Chad Cole in his return didn't didn't look great per se. He didn't look terrible either. Four innings, gave up three earned runs on six hits, struck out five, did not walk a batter. I was pretty happy about that, but uh, overall. They lost that game because uh, Dwayne Underwood Jr. and Luis Oviedo each gave up two runs apiece. Underwood Jr. gave up that bomb shot to Alberto Mondesi, and uh, Oviedo was pretty much all over the place in his one inning as well. Pirates lost 7-3, to three, although Brian Reynolds drove in all three runs. He had a two-run shot, and he had a ground out that scored the other run. But what do you think about Chad Cole overall in his return? Um, disappointing. <laughs> well, first of all, I lost the over under that we had from our last show. Um, I had the over at four and two thirds innings. He went four flat, so that's one reason to be disappointed. <laughs> but he, he only threw seventy five. I think they were definitely uh, they were they were very cautious with him in his return, which I don't I don't blame him too much. Seventy five pitches over four innings isn't great, but. He could have went longer, hypothetically, but it, they they kind of just uh, they pulled back a little bit, which is fine. Oh yeah, no doubt. And I, you know, I don't blame Shelton for trying to take precautions, except especially since Cole is no stranger to injuries. Um, but there were a few wild pitches in there that I really think that should be concerning. Um, I think he had three wild pitches that entire game, and I think one throughout the first three, you know, one in each of the first three innings, which not too good if you're on the mound because that allows runners to move over. And if I'm not mistaken, I think two, if not all of them, were with runners on. So um, to me, that's a little alarming. It kind of shows that either the injury had other effects or, or, or long, longer lasting effects than what we thought or Cole is just burnt. I don't – it's so sad because I want Cole to be such a good pitcher, but – Every, you know he's like Will, Will Crow. Every time you think he's going to turn around and you know have a good performance, he just does the exact opposite, which is so sad. And you know, to me, I'm going to be honest. I give it two weeks before Cole back is back on the IL. This guy can never stay healthy, and when he is healthy, he just sucks. So I, and he and he sucks until he gets injured again. So I don't see Cole lasting very long. It would be a miracle for me if he lasted a month. Like, I just, it's just so disappointing because, like, he had all the makings of being a very good pitcher, but all these injuries keep side side railing him. And I know that's really not anything beyond his control, but, like, there's got to be a moment where you look at it and just say, look, is this something we want? Do we want him to just be a reoccurring trip to the IL, or do we actually want to find somebody who can be reliable and be out there every single game? So going back to his regular performance, three wild pitches, not the best of starts, three earned runs. Yeah, he struck out five and didn't walk any, but that, to me, considering that the bright spot is like sort of grasping straws just because like it, it's like trying to put past the six hits given up in the three earned runs. Um, his ERA is still well above six. Um, and no matter what, I don't see him escaping four innings throughout the rest of the year. Dude just can't pitch. I'm sorry, he just 
I don't see any value in him, especially when he's just a reoccurring IL trip. But um, other than that, um, Oviedo, well, you are, you already know my qualms about Underwood, so I won't go far into detail about that. Oviedo, this is sad. I, I He was projected to be one of our better players coming out of the Rule 5 draft, and he's got an ERA above 8 right now. And uh, it is so disappointing. Just just again, the pitching continues to, to disappoint, especially when our offense was doing pretty well last night. Reynolds had that monster home run. Um, Stallings had a hit. Like, if you look at our lineup, the first five hitters all had a hit. So, and that's, you know, that's something. That's really good. But then our pitching couldn't back it up. Um, and then that moonshot to Adalberto Mondesi. The dude is as contact of a hitter as contact hitter can be. And he blasted a moonshot. Call that shot Dogecoin because that shit was shot to the moon. <laughs> like, that's pretty sad when you're a when you're a pitcher if you can give up a monstrous home run to a to to a contact hitter like Mondesi. Now I'm not discrediting Mondesi; he's a great hitter, but still, that that's just sad. He should only have wall scraper power, but no, he made he made himself look like the next coming of David Ortiz. So, just again, yesterday, today, just a very disappointing series, and especially from our pitching. I thought we could have done a lot better than this. I, I even projected was it I forget I did I project Cole to do better or do or did I project Crow to get a win for us either way like I I had high hopes for at least one of them that we would at least walk away with one win but good God we just looked like we punted this entire series away just saying look we're in here for a cup of coffee let's just get through with it and get back home for Miami it was just it was sad Nathan and I'm just gonna say that and put it out there in plain speech just absolutely sad. Yeah, I think you. Uh, I think you had the Pirates winning uh, Cole's start against Mike Miner. Um, yeah, I, I thought we would at least get a split in this one as well. Yeah, you look at it. Uh, every single Royal had a hit yesterday. Every single one, and that includes their pinch hitter, Nicky Lopez. So uh, that wasn't great. When it comes to Cole, uh, he. I mean, you're right. He is pretty much he's up and down I've I've always been a believer because you know he does have that huge fastball and at times the slider looks really good and he is able to uh stack some innings up but I mean he's always he's always a guy that throws a ton of pitches the control even if he's not walking hitters he's going into deep counts um I mean, yesterday he he went those four innings. He was a bit, um, I don't want to say unlucky, but I guess the word I can use again, the Royals, the way they scored was pretty typical. I mean, you look at it in that first inning, Whit Merrifield leads the game off for the Royals with a double. He eventually reaches third on a wild pitch, like you mentioned. Um, so they had no outs, man on third. Cole teases us strikes out the next two hitters two outs and then of course with two outs instead of getting out of the inning getting out of the jam like it looked like he could have done salvador perez hits the seeing eye single through the middle that barely gets through uh our shift and then of course in the second inning uh cool like he often does leads the inning off with a hit by pitch which the dude's wild. I remember he hit a guy in the head in literally two straight starts. 
This one grazed the elbow of the Royal. And then followed that up with a Hunter Dozier double that gave the Royals a lead. And then uh, Gutierrez for the Royals. Another seeing eye softly hit single ground ball through the right side, and the Royals led 3-1. to one. Cool. I mean, he did settle down after that. He only faced the minimum six hitters um, in the third and fourth inning, even though he uh, he was aided by a double play in there. But, I mean, you're right. The ERA is up there. I, I still think he's going to be trotted out there uh, every fifth day, and he is going to be a part of this rotation all season long. But, I mean, long term, you look at it, I, it's sad to say, but I, I think Cole might be a candidate where he might go to another team and be successful, maybe out of the bullpen, but the stuff is there, but, uh, I mean, he is, he is just too wild and it is, it's really rough to watch. He's really unwatchable at times with, you know, Strike one, strike two, ball one, ball two, ball three, foul ball, foul ball. You know, it's just these long at-bats, and uh, it was tough. And the Pirates were soundly beat in both of these games. The Royals are clearly a better team. The Royals aren't great by any means. They are now 27-26 and on the season. But this was, I mean, it was a walk in the park for them. They had two fairly easy wins i mean even tonight they came back in a hurry even after the pirates got out to the lead and uh it was just it was a very rough series for the pirates i know i mean you said that the offense i mean they they were okay yesterday it's three runs is nothing really to to you know be proud of but they did have some hits at the top of the lineup six hits total but the bottom of the lineup is just a black hole of nothingness. And uh, it sucks any joy out of any potential rally when you when you have, uh, you know, six through nine, Will Craig, Kai Tom, Eric Gonzalez, and Cole Tucker. It's not great. But like we said, Hayes and Moran and Evans coming back soon. So that'll, that'll be better. But uh, as a whole, this series was just, it wasn't good. It was two sound losses. And uh, before we wrap things up here, I just want to want to preview a little bit. Pirates are off tomorrow, and then they host the Miami Marlins for four games. And starting on Thursday, we have Tyler Anderson against Cody Poteet who I will admit I've never heard of in my life. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that pitching matchup, Jake? Yeah, same with you. I've never heard of Poteet before, <laughs> but um, I'm sure people can say the same about people in the Pirates lineup. Uh, exactly. Ask me, I, I think Thursday's game against the Marlins is going to be fine. I think Tyler Anderson's going to have a bounce-back game. I think he's going to be fine with it. Um MLB app doesn't have probable starters, so I will switch over to ESPN. So yeah, um, so uh, Friday, Pirates have JT Brubaker. They the Pirates' offense will have their hands full. They're facing off against Trevor Rogers, who has been really impressive this season. His ERA is at one eight seven. He has seventy six strikeouts on the air, 
six and three. The whip's at 110. He's really nice. So that'll be a tough one. Saturday, we have here Mitch Keller, your boy, my boy as well. Uh, he is going against, uh, we don't know yet, for the Marlins. And then Sunday, they have it listed. Another tough matchup for the Pirates. It'll be Chad Cole against Sandy Al- oh. Alcantara. Yes, Sandy Alcantara. He's been really nice as well. Uh, well, maybe not really nice, but he's been pretty nice. His ERA is at 368. I saw a Pitching Ninja gif of him yesterday where he threw a sinker that started. It was against a righty. His sinker, 100 miles an hour, started on the outside of the plate and sunk all the way down to the uh, inside corner at the knees, and it was just disgusting. So we'll see what the Pirates can do against him. Quickly, before we sign off here, Jake, give me give me a prediction. How many of these are the Buckos going to win? I hope I'm right. I'm going to say two, and I think it's the opening two. Anderson and Brubaker, I think, are going to be in lockdown mode, even though I think that Trevor Rodgers is going to bring us a challenge. Pirates always thrive when there's a challenge in front of them for some odd reason. So give me them winning the first two, but then the Marlins are going to win the next two. That's fair. Um, I think the Pirates are going to win, and Cabrian Hayes' return. I think that Rodgers is going to be a little bit too tough for them, but on Saturday I'll give the Pirates the edge with our boy Mitch Keller. And uh, Sunday, toss-up. I think the Marlins will win that one. So I agree it will be a split. Um, I agree with that, like you said. The Marlins right now are 24 and 29. The Pirates are now 20 and 34. Do they have the worst record? Let me check here. Nope. The Pirates, though, uh, good for them. They have now jumped the Rockies by a half game for having the worst record in the National League, although – the Arizona Diamondbacks, my lord, 19 and 36. That is terrible. On the AL side, Baltimore finally won a game. They're 18 and 37. So as it stands, currently the Pirates would have the third pick in the 2022 MLB draft. So we'll see. Um, we'll see if they can they can squeak back up to one. I mean, I don't want to root for that per se, but uh I wouldn't be terribly mad if that was the case. But uh I think that's a good uh, good spot to uh, sign off here. Jake, you have any last thoughts you want to get off your chest before we get out of here? You know, just the same old follow me on Twitter, underscore Radio Jake. Follow Bucks Dugout and follow Nathan. Nathan, what's your Twitter? Heck yeah, thank you. I am at Nathan underscore Hirsch. Uh, we, uh, we're excited here to be talking to you, and we got some good things coming eventually, and uh, – We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see if the Pirates can squeak out a few, few wins here this weekend. And we'll be back Sunday afternoon after that game, I believe. And uh, see what happens. For Jake, I'm Nate. Thank you as always for listening, and uh, have a great rest of your day. Peace. <laughs>